So, it seems like life's been that way this week in preparation. It's been one distraction after another, all week long. Anything that could get in the way, anything that could irritate me, anything that could break me down, get me angry, get me upset, get me lusting, get me whatever it is, it, it'll, it happened this week. And it's probably like that in your lives as well. Because we live life, and when we live life, even though Christ is in us by the power of the Holy Spirit, we still experience the things of the flesh. And the things of the flesh can be extremely powerful in our lives. They have a tendency to consume our minds at times, and when they do, those consumptions result in sin. And those sins hurt the Savior, and they hurt our families. And they hurt our walk with God, and they distance us from Him. So I'd like to talk about that today. Last time I was here, we read from Galatians chapter 3. We were talking about the Judaizers. We were talking about how they infiltrated the church, and they were in places of influence. And through their influence, they were trying to get the church to buy into the fact that you needed to be circumcised, which represented the law. Uh, along with believing in Jesus Christ. And Paul was addressing that. And Paul was letting them know is that if you do that, it's just as though you were unsaved all over again because the law and trying to do good works for salvation is of no work to us. It's of no good to God. It's not what God honors. It's not what God requires. So today we're going to look at Galatians chapter 5. Chapter 5, verses... 16 through 26. If you turn to your Bibles, Galatians 5, verses 16 through 26. And the theme for today's message is extraordinary living in an ordinary life. Extraordinary living in an ordinary life. And the text says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, which is morally unclean, sensuality, carnal or worldly, idolatry, sorcery, which involves fortune-telling, horoscopes, witchcraft, Ouija boards, any of that stuff. Anemone, which is a form of hatred, strife, again, which is conflicts. Jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries or competitiveness. Dissensions, being quarrelsome. Divisions, intentionally causing separations between people. Envy, feeling resentment or ill will towards another because... Uh, they've been blessed, or for whatever reason that might be, you want what they have. Drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let's not become conceited, provoking one another, 
envying one another. So as we look at this text, there's several things that we see. And so I'd like to create a little bit of a, of a background for you. We, the, the text opens up with, but I say walk by the Spirit. Walk means to live. And it's important to understand the role of the Holy Spirit. So I'd like to visit some scriptures about the Holy Spirit. In Genesis 1.1, you see that the Holy Spirit is present at the point of creation. In Genesis 1.26, the Holy Spirit is present when the Godhead decides they're going to make man in, his, in their image. In Zechariah 4.6, it says, It's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. In John 14.16, Jesus says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth. In John 16, 18, Jesus goes on and he says, And when the Holy Spirit has come, he will convict the world of sin, because it did not believe in me, of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and you see me no more, of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. In Romans 8, 9, he says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. And Romans 8, 14 says, For as many are led of the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God of God. In this case, the sons and the daughters of God. So we see that the Holy Spirit plays an integral role in the life of the believer. The Holy Spirit is given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. When we come to him for the forgiveness of sins and salvation is given to us, he gives us his Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit takes up dwelling within us. And in that dwelling, he guides us he provides for us. He gives us insights. He gives us remembrance of Scripture and, and the things that the Lord has taught us to help us to be able to walk through this life to glorify and honor our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we go back to the text in verses 19 through verses 21, we read all the different types of sins that are associated with the flesh. And there are more. There are more. And so, as we continue, let us see what it means to walk in the Spirit. 1 John 15, 4-5 is to abide in Christ. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing." And I know as believers, our hearts beat the same. We want to resemble our Savior. We want to please Him. We want to glorify Him. We want to honor Him. We want to demonstrate His love and goodness and kindness to the people around us, to our families, to our co-workers, to our neighbors. We want them to see the Lord Jesus in us. But the sad truth is, it doesn't always happen. It happens more often than it should. And why is that? Well, to walk in the Spirit means that we need to be totally dependent upon the Holy Spirit. We need to be totally dependent upon Him for every aspect of our lives. Everything that we do in life needs to be totally dependent upon Him. We need to be sensitive. We need to be sensitive to the Spirit. I'm sure you felt it before, a little tug in your heart or a strong feeling to move in a direction or not to do something or to do something only to ignore it. 
And when we've ignored it, we've sinned. Because that's the Holy Spirit. And then we suffer the result of that. As you go through life, it's important to understand is that we are totally and completely dependent upon the Holy Spirit of God as Christians, as believers. The other thing that we need to be is obedient, totally submissive. As I was just explaining to you, submission is vital. It's not good enough to hear it, as James says, but we need to be doers of the Word. And being a doer of the Word means that we're actually applying what we've learned and applying what the Holy Spirit has illuminated our hearts and minds with so that we might glorify the Lord Jesus Christ with our lives. And other people can be blessed because we know the Holy Spirit's job, one of them is, to glorify and edify the Lord Jesus Christ. So, if there's something in your life or in my life, a decision that we're about to make, a word that we're about to say, a response that we're going to give, will it glorify the Lord Jesus Christ is a question we need to quickly ascertain whether it's going to do that or not. And if not, then we should stay away from it. Because when we sin, we grieve the Holy Spirit. And at that point in time, that grieving severs our relationship or the lifeblood that we have the, of, of the Holy Spirit speaking to us about the things of God. We don't lose our salvation, but what we do lose is our effectiveness, our ability to hear God. Because Jesus said, the pure in heart shall see God. It's not only seeing, but it's hearing God. If we have sin in our lives, if we are disobedient to the Lord Jesus, if we are critical to, uh, towards other people, if we aren't doing what He has called us to do as mothers and fathers, as neighbors, as workers out in the, the workplace, in the schoolyard, it doesn't matter what it is, we're dealing with people. And we are His ambassadors. And as His ambassadors, we have a message of hope and love. We have a message of truth. We carry the only truth that actually matters, that makes a difference eternally. I saw a t-shirt the other day that says, Speak your own truth. There is no your own truth. That's part of the reason we're in the problems that we have in our country today and in society today. Is that it's about speaking your own truth. And you know what it looks like, speaking your own truth. Speaking your own truth is, well, if it's good for you, as long as it doesn't bother me, I don't have a problem with it. But sin is a cancer. And sin, if left unchecked, if not dealt with, will spread like wildfire through a life, through a family, through a, through a city, through a nation. And we see that. And so we have this cancerous sin that's at work in the lives of the people, our brothers and sisters in Christ, as well as the unsaved. And they've lost their way. And the way that they've lost is they're not walking in the Spirit of God. They're not working, walking according to the Holy Spirit's guiding and leading. They're not getting up in the morning asking the Lord God, Father God, please, I give myself to you. Set my mind. And we're going to talk about setting our minds. But it's important if we're going to walk with the Spirit, we need to be totally dependent upon Him. We need to be sensitive when you hear Him, and sometimes we just blow it off and we think it's just, it's just craziness. Oh, it's got to be me thinking. No, no. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and you have this unction, you have this, this feeling inside, sometimes we classify it as a gut feeling, pay attention to it. Because it could be the Spirit of God moving us and directing you to avoid harm, to avoid 
destruction of your own lives. The other thing is, is to be obedient. We just talked about obedience. So you've got to be totally submissive. Every day that we wake up, every day that we hit our, hit the knee, hit our knees on the floor, it should be, Father God, help me to be submissive to your spirit. Help me to be totally compliant with what you want me to do. Let me not walk in my own thoughts and in my own ways. Because we know in Zechariah it says that our ways are wicked. The heart is wicked and the deceitful. Who could know it? And so we know that when we go based on our feelings, based on our emotions, is that they can't be trusted. It is only the Spirit of God in contrast to our emotions. Do our emotions glorify and honor the Lord Jesus Christ? Or are they coming from a different place? And if they're coming from a different place, it's always going to edify self because it's always going to put self in the forefront. And so we need to put it in check. And we continue on in this passage and we see that in Galatians that John talks about and in John 16, 12 through 14, he says, I still have many things Jesus says to say to you, but you cannot bear them. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you in all truth, for He will not speak of His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take what is Mine and declare it to you. All that the, all that the Father has is Mine, and therefore I said that He will take what is Mine and declare it to you. Jesus has already committed what the Father has given to him, to us. There is no reason for us to go long periods of time outside of the will of God. How long can you go without sinning? Can anybody go five minutes without sinning? Can anybody go ten minutes without sinning? Can anybody go a couple days without sinning? We should be able to because when we're walking in the Spirit of God, the power of God is at work in you and through you to keep you holy. For God says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And He requires holiness, and that holiness comes from the Lord Jesus Christ, but He gives us His Spirit. And the Holy Spirit walks with us to bring about this holiness that we can reflect the person of Jesus Christ wherever we are and whatever we're doing. Reflecting Christ in your family. Reflecting Christ in the job. Reflecting Christ in the schoolroom. Reflecting Christ in your own personal life when you're by yourself, which is a difficult thing sometimes. But reflecting Christ. It continues on in Romans 12, 1 and 2. That we are to live for Christ. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable. The focus here is how we think. The focus is how we think. What do you dwell on? What do I dwell on? When you're at home, what are you dwelling on? What are you watching? What are you listening to in the car? What are you reading? Because the things that you watch, the things that you listen to, the things that you and I read transform our thoughts. They develop our thoughts. And those thoughts move into actions. And they manifest themselves in physical ways. You know, James talks about that there's wars and there's fighting because you don't get what you want. And then when you pray and ask God for something, 
you ask with a selfish, selfish motivation. So it goes back to the heart. Your heart and my heart is deceitfully wicked, the Bible says. No one can know it. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that transforms the heart. And so as we look at this text, we look at how do we transform the heart by being in the Word of God. As you and I are in the Word of God, the Word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit has the ability to transform our thoughts. When you're you're focused on other things, anxiety, anger, resentment, jealousy, they come from a place that is not of God. These things are coming because we have appetites that are outside of the will of God for us. We're not patient. We're not kind. We're not considerate. These things are part of the Holy Spirit. And then people may mock you. They may mock you. They, mock, they may mock me because we're patient, because we're kind, because we're listening to the Holy Spirit's voice in our lives. But let them mock because you and I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone says, well, if you died today, where would you go? A lot of people say, well, I hope I go to heaven. Or people may say to you, who do you think you are? Well, you and I know who we are. We're Christians. We're believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are sure to tell you eternal salvation and peace with God because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for us. And as we continue on in our text, we see is that belonging to Christ is part of this walking in the Spirit. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are dead in your trespasses and sins. You can't even connect to what I'm talking about because the decisions you're going to make, even at your best, and even though they may flourish and prosper from a physical point of view, from a worldly point of view, you are dead in your trespasses and sins. And you are in the, most dis- in the most desperate way that you could possibly be. And today we offer, the Word of God offers salvation through Jesus Christ. All who call upon the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. At that moment, the Holy Spirit indwells you and gives you the supernatural power that you need to be able to live a life that is extraordinary in our ordinary activities. And so the Bible continues, and we talk about the difficulties of walking by the Spirit. In Genesis, I mean in Galatians, he talks about that the flesh wars after the Spirit. And the Apostle Paul said, the things that I'd like to do, I don't do. And the things that I should do, I don't, pardon me, things I would like to do, I don't do. But the things I don't want to do, Those are the very things I do. How many of us have been in that place where we did something we didn't want to do. You know what it is. It's like, oh man, why did I say that? Oh my goodness, why did I do that? And then you think about it. And then it causes anxiety. And then it's like, oh my goodness, I wonder what's going to happen. Oh my goodness, the worst is going to happen. It's the boss. It's my wife. It's my children. Oh my, what did I do? If we would only take the time to allow the Word of God to fill our thoughts, our minds, our hearts. If we'd only take the moment to just check ourselves and pray quickly, Lord, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me in this moment. When you feel your anger start to rise up inside you and want to take hold of your very emotions, that's the time to kill it. Because it talks about killing the emotions, killing those feelings 
within us that are contrary to the Lord Jesus Christ. But we belong to Christ. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with their passions and their desires. Your passions, my desires, can run contrary to the will of God like a wildfire through a dry forest. And once that happens, it is too hard and too difficult to turn it around. But, praise be God, the Holy Spirit lives within us. And all it requires is us, at this very moment, if you're in that place, is to confess your sin before the Lord. Call out to Him and just say, Lord, forgive me, help me, and He will help you. The consequences may still be there, but you can start new and fresh today and the Holy Spirit working powerfully in and through your life. The relationship might be broke, but He can redeem it. And it's all about relationships. Our relationship with God has been redeemed through Jesus Christ. And then the relationships with one another sometimes are more fragile. They take more time. They require more energy. But it requires humility. It requires admitting that we're wrong. And it requires looking for truth. And truth can only be found in Christ. So the difficulties of walking by the Spirit, he talks about, we're talking about how the Spirit and the flesh war. Jeremiah says that the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? Galatians, we read, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. In Romans 7, verses 15 through 20, he says, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. But Romans 8, 5, the danger of living for the flesh. We understand that for those living according to the flesh, they set their minds on the flesh. The dangers of living in the flesh, even as a believer. Do you know why you live in the flesh? Do you know why you have so many defeats? Why you struggle all the time? Why you struggle so often with desires that you wish you didn't have? Temptations you wish you could get your... You could get Victory over, it's how we set our minds. It's how we set our minds. And we see here is that it is based on setting your minds, not on the flesh. And what is the flesh? The flesh is the desire for self. What can I gain? What can I get? How can I win? How can I conquer this person? How can I bring more to me? To me, instead of saying, how, much, how can I give more away? How can I please the Lord Jesus Christ? It's about setting our minds. Colossians uh, 3.2 says, Set your minds on things above. I've read that verse over and over again, wondering what does that mean to set your mind on things above? What is it that's above? Jesus Christ is above and He sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. His Holy Spirit lives in our hearts. But we have to be thinking about the things that honor God. We go back to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. You see, it's about Scripture. As the Scripture permeates our hearts and our minds, we can focus on the things above. We can pursue God's agenda in our lives, for our families, for the, in the workplace, in the school, wherever we are. So it's setting your mind. So when you wake up this tomorrow morning, God, if God gives us tomorrow morning... First thing that we should do is ask the Lord to set our minds. Lord, help me to see things from your perspective. 
May your Holy Spirit work in and through my life to accomplish your will. You know, there are people in the world today, they wake up with adultery on their mind. How am I going to get with that guy? How am I going to get with that woman? They wake up with lying on their mind. Oh my goodness, i got to get out of this situation. What lie can I come up with? they got murder on their mind. People are going to die. People are going to be shot. Why? Because of jealousy and anger and things of that nature. We see it in our world all the time. Because their mindset is somewhere else. Families are breaking up because I can't do it anymore. How do I get out of this marriage? How do I get out of this situation? Everything, everything that we think about transforms our lives and moves us in a direction to either we're glorifying Christ or we're glorifying the flesh. And if you glorify the flesh, you will be disappointed because the devil promises, but he never delivers. He never delivers. He never delivers. He will always make your life a wreck. He will steal from you. He will kill you. And he will continue to tear your life apart on his promises. His promises are not to be trusted. You trust in the Lord Jesus Christ no no matter where you are in life, no matter your situation. And He will bless your life. He will give you peace. Be patient. Let God work in your life. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Let Him guide you and direct you so you can enjoy the relationship with your Savior. And you can give Him the glory and the honor and the praise. We continue on, we see that the battle is the mind and the body follows the mind. Choose to obey, not to disobey. Because when we disobey, the Bible says in Romans that it's hostility towards God. Did you hear me? It's hostility to God, towards God. Every time we sin, we are being hostile to the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who gave his perfect life for you and I on that cross that shed his blood, that came down from heaven and set aside his glory, that we might have salvation. We are hostile against God. That should go right to the heart of each one of us when we sin. That should cause us to stay far away from sin is that our sin is hostility towards God. You might say, well, I'm not hostile towards God. The Bible says we are. It's not just you, it's me. Every time we sin, we are hostile towards God. And He loves us. And He calls to us. And He waits for us. But we have the forgiveness of sins because when we sin... We can confess our sin, as it says in 1 John, and He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and we can be set on that good path once again. The path to walk in the Spirit. Ephesians 4.22 and 24 says that we must be clothed in Christ to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. See, it's a putting on and a putting off. It's back to how we think. It's back to what we think is what we become. We know that. The world teaches that, right? But it's been here in the Bible. Jesus taught it a long time ago. The world says, think and grow rich. Jesus says, humble yourself, focus on the scriptures, 
and I will be glorified and I will take you with me. I will give you peace. I will give you eternal life. I will give you the best things in life. No matter where you are in life, I will give you those eternal treasures that will carry you through this life and into the next life. No matter how much we suffer, Jesus said we will go through trials and tribulations, but to take heart, he has overcome them all. And it's by obeying him that we experience the treasures that he has prepared for us in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that we are justified in Christ for our sake. He made him to be sin who knew no sin. And in him we might become the righteousness of God. You and I are the righteousness of God before the world. How are you living your life? How am I living my life? Is our others saying the Lord Jesus Christ in us? Are they? Are they seeing the power woman or the power man at the workplace that going to get the job done no matter what it takes? The ends justifies the means. That's not the Christian life. Not at all. We're talking about what does the Christian life look like? Living an extraordinary life in an ordinary day. What does it look like? It looks like Jesus Christ. It looks like our Savior. It looks like Him who is preeminent, above all, humbled himself, took on the likeness of human flesh, suffered, died on the cross for your sin and for mine. He counted it all joy to go to the cross. What is our cross? Our cross comes each day. We face it each day when self says, I want this for you. And we have to humble ourselves and we have to kill it. And you know what? You have to starve it off. You got a temptation in your life? You got something going on that you just can't get rid of? You're facing it more times than you'd like? You have to starve it off. You have to be ugly with it. Instead of putting that ugliness on somebody else, look at yourself and take hold of that in Christ. And take hold of that and starve it. It's going to be painful, it's going to hurt. But you got to starve it. you got to picture it in your mind, that worthless, wicked sin that wants to own you and own me. And maybe it does to a degree. You have to punish it. You have to starve it. And as you do, the Lord Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will make it easier for us. We'll go further and further away from that. And it'll become easier more and more to serve Christ in that area of our lives. But you can't play with sin. I can't play with sin. Because the devil is a wicked foe. And he is going to take no prisoners. He's going to take what he wants. And he's going to extract what he demands. Which is to wreck your life. And to wreck mine. And to wreck our testimonies. And, to, and, and to, to put Jesus Christ out there in the workplace, out there in public, and try and humiliate him. But that was all done at the cross. But for us, let us live as the Christians we are. Second Peter says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. We are called to the glory of Jesus. We are called to his excellence. And he has already provided for us. We are called to, to be one in him and with him in all that we do.
Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So as you go through your struggle each day, and it's not going to go away, as long as we're on this earth, we're going to struggle with sin. We're going to struggle with temptation. We're going to struggle with temptation. I think that's probably more where I'm focused is about the temptation. Because sin, once we've committed sin, it's already been done. All right, now we have to go to the Lord, we have to confess our sin, and we have to commit ourselves to get far away from that sin and get closer to Christ. But when we're dealing with the temptations, that's right where the battle's at, because it takes place in our minds. And whatever you're thinking about, however you're thinking about that sin, is going to tell you what side you're going to go. You're either going to serve God, or you're going to serve yourself. You're going to serve the enemy. You're going to serve the flesh. You're going to serve the world. But you have the choice. The choice is yours. But you have an advocate, as do I, the Holy Spirit that lives within us. We have the power of God. The power of God to be able to take death and turn it into life. Because we were dead in our trespasses and sins. But the Lord Jesus Christ brought us to life by his own blood. And so that very life that Christ has given us is is work at you and is at work in me. And you can live in victory. Not five minutes, not ten minutes, but throughout your entire life. Set your minds on Christ. Put Put that temptation to death. Put it to death. It's going to be painful, but it's going to be worth it. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you and we praise you for your loving kindness and your mercies. We thank you, Lord, that we have the Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that you would just take this message and bring it to our hearts. And Lord, may it transform us. May it help us as we go through this Christian life. May it help us, Lord, to bring you glory and honor and praise in every aspect of our lives. Help us, Lord, to think about things above instead of things of the earth. Help us not to be focused on ourselves that to truly be the people of God and actually glorify and honor you in every decision that we make. We thank you, Holy Spirit, and we thank you, Father, and we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.